Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I am joined every week by the best podcast co-host on the planet, in the land, and that would be our editor-in-chief and founder of Rocket Sports Media, Rick Stevens. How are you today? Well, I am very well. I'm quite excited about today's show. I'm quite excited about what um, has happened already and what is about to happen this week with the uh, trade deadline now less than a week away. It's always kind of an exciting time. It's kind of one of those those times of the year when, when it gets a little silly. There's lots of rumors and made-up rumors and things out there, but uh, from what we've seen so far, been some very good trades uh, that have happened already that do remember these, these NHL trades also have a big impact on the AHL rosters of some teams and uh, uh, could make for some interesting changes to uh, the, the standings uh, as, as we go beyond the trade deadline. Absolutely. Uh, we are less than a week away from the trade deadline. As you say, uh, trades are already starting to happen. Uh, you kind of never know what you're going to find when you look at uh, Twitter or your NHL notifications, what's going what's gonna to be the latest breaking news. The big question, of course, is uh, for Habs fans, will Mark Bergevin be able to put some trades together? Hmm. That's the question. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. In fact, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to spend uh, the first segment. Oh, didn't we say, I know last week we talked about how the, the Trois Rivières saga is never ending, but I feel like the, the, I don't know, the melodrama surrounding the Canadians and the Laval Rocket seems to be never ending this year. Um, and it was another very interesting week for the Laval Rocket. Um, and when I say interesting, I really mean terrible. <laughs> Perhaps I should just say terrible. Uh, uh, not great on the uh, the game outcomes, uh, questionable on some coaching decisions, um, and a lot of question marks in the air as to where things go from here. So Rick and I are going to dive deep into into that and and just kind of review what's happened between the last time we all met here and today uh, and explore what that means and where to go from here. Uh, Before we go then to the second segment where we go around the AHL, we'll talk about this week's uh, League Player of the Week. A new president of the league has been named. We'll talk a little bit about him and uh, his transition with Dave Andrews uh, exiting and retiring at the end of this year. Um, And of course, uh, the time of year we do have to talk about league standings and start to look at the playoff picture because um, you know it's getting close to the postseason when the AHL starts putting out their daily playoff primer complete. It, it, It is the most complicated, convoluted looking document Um, and so we'll break that down for you a little bit. Um, and then in the final segment, we've got a little bit of uh, news regarding a former Habs prospect. And we'll, of course, talk about what coverage you can expect from us this week. So, Rick, we have a lot to go over 
this week. We do have a lot of t- to talk about today. It's a busy show, and um, it's you know, in addition to being um, exciting because of the trade trade deadline coming up, some of the the playoff coming. Uh, and uh, standings changing. Uh, we also have that big day on Thursday that um, everybody needs to take uh, participate in. One of my favorite it's, days of the year. Strangely, I happen to notice this. And I'm going to give you this one because it is the official one. It's the real one. It's not one of your 20 made-up ones. <laughs> I'll give you this well, one. You you always kind of think you can some national cherry. It is on on Thursday with International Cherry Pie Day and uh, and and some other things. But today the, on uh, Thursday it is actually National Cherry Pie Day. It is. So I will give that one to you, and I I hope you have a lot of things planned uh, to celebrate the official, the only national cherry pie day to be celebrated for the whole year. I hope you have an enormous amount of celebrating planned. Well, I just wanted to give advance notice to our listeners. Um, you know, I know Kathy follows these national cherry the, the national days and, and she's going to get um, national cherry pie day as well. So um, please enjoy. <laughs> have a and, piece and- of cherry pie <clears throat> Send us all the cherry pie, please. All right. Well, we will get right into things uh, here with our first segment with the Laval Rocket. As we mentioned, uh, this isn't going to be the happiest segment, so I'm just going to put that out there now. But I should I should predicate that by saying just because it's not happy news doesn't mean that it's negative news. It's simply the news. Uh, and, and, you know, we're going to analyze it in a very objective manner. Um, and so <laughs> you might see analysis out there uh, in other media outlets in, in Montreal who just would like, like you to continue thinking that everything in the organization is all puppies and sunshine, but it's not. Um, so with that being said, um, let's first take a look now. When we when we were here last week, we talked about how uh, the road trip that the Rocket were on was was vital for them um, maintaining a playoff position. Uh, we noted last week that the road trip actually had not started well; that they had dropped the first two games uh, at Belleville and at Toronto, both division rivals. Uh, they did manage to to eke out one point against Belleville because that game did go to overtime. Um, But still that was one point out of four possible points uh, the weekend prior uh, to last week's show uh, that they really needed. And so we had mentioned that, okay, they're going to finish out this road trip in Utica, in Hartford and in Providence. And they need to have a big push uh, to get back into a playoff position and, and maintain a hold on, on where they were at in the standings. And um, it couldn't have possibly gone more in the other direction. If they tried, Uh, they did not win a single game on this five game road trip. So that one point that they got in Belleville on February 8th in overtime 
in an overtime loss was the only point out of 10 possible points that they earned on this road trip. Uh, in Utica on Wednesday night, they lost that one 3-2. to two. They then went uh, to Hartford on Friday night and uh, on Valentine's Day lost 3-1 to one to the Wolfpack and then uh, rounded out their road trip, getting shut out by the Providence Bruins 3 to nothing on Sunday. It was a dismal uh, road trip. Even Anthony Marcotte, the broadcaster uh, for the Rocket, uh, mentioning things in, in his Twitter timeline of this road trip just needs to end. Um, you could tell that uh, things were just kind of devolving as the week went on. Um, also, some interesting uh, choices. Once once those first two games in the road trip happened, uh, then it was Primo who started in goal on Wednesday, Thursday, or sorry, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Joel Bouchard scrapped the rotation of goaltenders. Remember, we mentioned last week that there are now three netminders in the rotation for Laval, Caden Primo, Keith Kincaid, and Michael McNiven. Uh, and for all three of the remaining games last week, Caden Primo got the start in net for all three. McNiven dressed as the backup for all three, and Keith Kincaid watched from the stands for all three as a healthy scratch. Um, And then furthering into the question mark, let's scratch our heads about this. uh, Joel Bouchard, this was the decision of the week that just made me do a complete whoa. And that was on Sunday when he opted Sunday, the last day that you have a chance to get some points on the board on this road trip, uh, you're dropping like lead in the standings in the North Division. And he makes the decision to sit Phil Veroni and Riley Barber uh, as healthy scratches. And on top of that, go with seven defensemen. So you're down a forward and you sit two of your most experienced and successful AHL level uh, forwards. Rick, this was this this road trip disaster from top to bottom, filled with decisions uh, by the coach that just leave. You can fans are even starting to say, "What is the deal? What is going on here? Um, what is the deal? <laughs> what is going on here?" Uh, it was just a disaster. It, it is, and and uh, you know, on the road trip, um, if you look at the North Division, it's not as if, well, um, the Belleville Senators are on fire, and and they've won eight of their last ten, and and uh, at the top of the division. But if you look at the rest of the division, you know, m- many of the other teams at best were kind of five hundred played kind of five hundred uh, hockey, so it would have been an opportunity. Uh, for Laval to to move up to to further secure their their playoff berth, but instead, winning just not only the the um, the road trip, but going into it, uh, they were struggling. And then, it, mm-hmm. you know, winning one of ten is just a nosedive right out of the playoffs. Um, and this came at a time when the organization, the Montreal Canadiens organization, is trying to. Uh, feature the Laval Rocket. They they went. We talked about how hard they pushed uh, in order to get the um, uh, uh, 
NHL, uh, the AHL All-Star Game. They they were successful at that. Uh, they have been doing all kinds of activities to boost the attendance. Uh, as as we know, last year was an utter embarrassment. Well, they used the word embarrassment, not not us, mm-hmm. uh, about their attendance last year. Uh, they've done everything they can to boost the attendance and all kinds of promotions this year. And then, you know, for the last uh, few weeks, it, it's been do everything in order to help the Lavelle rocket make the playoffs The Montreal Canadians aren't making the playoffs. So in order to have a positive narrative, the Lavelle rocket must make the playoffs. Uh, and we, we've seen it even with decisions that affect the Canadians uh, this the the roster is 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 good enough. The roster is is good enough to easily make the playoffs. The roster that started at the beginning of the year, we had um, many uh, folks that that watch the 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 AHL um, saying that that this was this is one of the best AHL rosters, not only for Montreal but that they had seen in some time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it's it's it, we had the broadcaster uh, saying that that this was a you know this was a Calder Cup winning roster, um, and then and 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 you know as with all other teams there are are call ups there are, are are injuries there are things to deal with but nothing that that should have uh, put them off track and then in the last couple of weeks they had the injection of talent from three of the Canadians' top prospects in Kotkaniemi, Fleury, and Paling, which should have given them even a bigger boost. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, it's just been miserable, and they've been uh, f- falling. And uh, the, you know, fans may not understand, Phil Veroni, Riley Barber. Veroni was, was the league MVP a couple of seasons ago with a 70-point season. Riley mm-hmm. Barber, last season, Last season had more than 30 goals and, and 60 points. Um, these were these are important players. These are the kind of of AHL um, uh, experienced players who can help your roster. You know, we we don't know. Uh, Joel Bouchard wouldn't talk about why uh, they were were scratched. Um, it has to have something to do with a disciplinary issue. Um, but it, it uh, certainly, um, you know, sent a, a chill around the the locker room, and it, you know, it certainly didn't help. Uh, but you look at all the talent, whether it's Houdon, and and yes, he's struggled at the the NHL level, but a lot of NHL experience and and can score at will in in the the AHL. All those mm-hmm. uh, defensemen who have so much NHL experience. Um, Willette and and now Flurry and Alsner uh, and Olafson, um, it's 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 there's something wrong with with the approach. There's something wrong uh, with the message these the, this team is getting. I I still believe I firmly believe that there's no way that this club can miss the playoffs. The Canadians will do everything to make sure that that they are a, a playoff team. And um, and that includes, uh, you know, um, maybe sacrificing some 
making some decisions that aren't right for the big club or maybe making decisions that aren't right for the future. Uh, They need the rocket to make the playoffs and they are, they have the roster. I know people complain about the talent, but they have plenty of talent to make the playoffs uh, this year. Um, And it would be an absolute disaster if they don't. I, to your point, I, I, I was so mind boggled, baffled, you name it, Sunday when this decision to sit Veroni and Barber uh, happened. And and then to see that not only did they lose, but that they got shut out and, and just ended this, this road trip so poorly. Um, not only was it uh, 0 for 5 on the road trip, but that also meant uh, as you said, they've only in their past ten games, uh, they are one six two and one in their past ten games. They've only won one game in their last ten. That is the worst record in the a in the entire AHL for the past ten games. Uh, that's not a great stat to have. It also marked the eighth consecutive road loss for Laval, which means they you know you, you're not going to make the playoffs if you can only win at home. And uh, yes, they've been good at home, but but eight straight road win or road losses, inexcusable. Uh, and so I, I tweeted out something, just listing some of that roster that you're talking about, that saying a roster with okay, you you've got names like okay, Kukinemi, Paling, Hudon, Pekka, Veroni, Barber, Vedemo, Alsner, Flurry, Brook, Primo, Kincaid. Take what you know about how each of them plays good or bad out of it. Those names all together on one AHL roster should be dominating. Um, instead, they can't they can't buy a win at this point. And I think I, I think you're right that the Canadians are going to throw everything they have at trying to get the Rocket back into into a playoff position. But right now, it seems like they can't even buy a win. They are now close to the bottom of the division. They are in seventh place in the division. Granted, Toronto, who's sitting in that last playoff spot in fourth place, is only four points away from them. But they, nonetheless, Toronto's got two games in hand on them. Binghamton, who is now ahead of them, has a game in hand on them. And they are only the Cleveland Monsters, who are the only team behind them in eighth place, are only two points back of them. They are in a very dangerous spot um and it's just how do you have as you as to your point rick at the beginning of the season pundits analysts everyone took a look at the rocket roster and said oh i've called her cup i mean plan the parade there's this is a phenomenal roster people around the league look at this roster and say wow they've got a lot of nhl experience they've got a lot of ahl experience they've got a lot of top prospects but they're losing and losing and losing and losing. In fact, um, Anthony Marcotte spoke with Kale Fleury after uh, the game on Sunday. And even Kale Fleury can't help but say, with the roster that we have, yeah, we should be winning. Take a listen to this. I think it's just frustrating. Uh, I feel like we have a team that should be able to win or have a chance to win every game we play. We have a pretty good roster on paper. And then uh, we're kind of just not clicking right now as a group. So we just really got to stick together uh, in times like this and try to figure it out. 
you just got to stick together at times like this and, and try to figure it out. But yeah, on, on, on paper, yeah, we sh- we should be winning. Well, the fact of the matter is you're not. And I mean, Joel Bouchard can't figure out from day to day, week to week or minute to minute, whether or not he's, he's all in on being a development league or wants to win and make the playoffs. He can't decide because he waffles back and forth constantly, but now is not the time if, if, as you say, Rick, if it was a disciplinary issue that, that guys with experience like Veronium Barber, if, if there was something going on there that he sat the two of them in the stands, I'm sorry, but th- you, then you're not serious about making the playoffs. If you're going to sit two of your two guys who could be your most offensive producers, and you're going to sit them to make it to what, prove a point? to them, to, to the other guys on the team. I mean, that's just not that I understand the need for discipline, but there's, but you also have to protect the team and coming off of, you know, four games lost on the road where you desperately need to get a win before you come home. I just, I'm, I'm at my wits end. I just, I don't understand the decision-making. And as you say, Montreal's going to do what they can. Jake Evans got sent back down. Um, Xavier Ouellette didn't uh, with, with Weber making this miraculous, you know, it was a hot minute that he was injured instead of four to six weeks. Uh, Weber comes back and instead of Ouellette coming back, Christian Follin gets sent back down, but Jake Evans returns uh, to the Laval rocket this week. So yes, he will help. Uh, but he's not going to be—he's not going to be the solution. Um, and and as we've heard, Joel Bouchard—I mean, Joel Bouchard is lamenting that he does not have Xavier Wellett. He has said it over and over again. He says that's why the power play is not working right now. What, well, I mean, I thought Charles Houdon was—I mean, Charles Houdon is your power play guy. He's the guy that scores on the power play. So Xavier Wellett, okay, whatever. Um, Rick, there's just there's there's a lot of questions. And there's very few answers. And the answers that there are eh, are not encouraging. Well, uh, the fact that, that Xavier Ouellette, um is uh, relied on so much uh, tells you that, that uh, the philosophy in Lavelle has nothing to do with development. Because then you would be exposing Josh Brook to um, uh, all of these uh, special teams kind of situations, all different situations. Um, and, and, and the fact that, that Willette is, is relied on and played heavy in those kinds of situations. And, and, and even with someone like Christian Folan coming back, uh, you know, Canadians fans can, can, um, uh, criticize how he plays at the NHL level, but he's a tough guy to play against for AHL players. Um, he's, he's very, um, he's very tough to play against. Um, and when you have a, a back end of, of Folan and Olsner, um, and when, when Willette was there, um, these, this, uh, Olsen is another one, Leskinen, um, all of these players should be plenty enough to, to be winning you AHL games. Um, you know, you have someone like Matthew Pekka who remember when, when, um, Laval and St. John used to play against Syracuse. Matthew Pekka play is is a very good AHL mm-hmm. player. 
um, a 40-point AHL player three, conse- three consecutive seasons. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and he's another example of, um, if, you need, if you need any more information, count the money that's in Lavelle. Matthew Peck at 1.3 million. Dale Weiss when he was there. Carl Olsner. Um, th- there's a lot of money in in Lavelle. Mm-hmm. No other roster in the AHL can match that. Uh, and and no money's not everything, but it's indicative of a, of the level of of talent that's there. Um, and there's something wrong. There's something uh, very very wrong that this team isn't. As as uh, Cal Fleury said, is not clicking. Uh, is they're not connecting. They're not playing together uh, because they should to win. Have an opportunity to win every night because um, as as Fleury said, it's a very very good roster on paper. It is, um, and the funny thing is, yes, you could be all doom and gloom. You can also pinpoint some performances that had flashes of of good play here and there in in each of those games it's it's not as if each game was 60 minutes of just horrible horrible hockey yes there were some moments of cohesiveness but overall um you know not so much for the game that they lost in Utica for example it was pretty tight. Uh, actually, Laval, Laval scored first. Uh, Otto Leskinen getting a little bit of, of defensive production. So Laval, it was a back and forth game. Laval would score, Utica would score. Laval would score, Utica would score. And uh, unfortunately, it was it was just that Utica was the one that came out on top in that one. So that was a tight that was a tight game. I'll give them that. Hartford completely different um, scenario. Hartford goes up. Uh, two goals uh, within the first nine minutes of the game uh, in the first period. And um, yeah, sure. Uh, Riley Barber is the one who's able to at least get one of those goals back for you in the third period, but then empty net goal. And, and that's that. So Barber's reward for that is that he's a healthy scratch then in Providence coupled with, uh, there was a play in this Hartford game where Caden Primo, um, while he's had he's had some some solid periods over the over the course of the past week, man did not look good in Hartford at all. And there was a play where he he bobbled he bobbled the puck, mishandled it, um, and it went kind of flying off into the corner. Really bad rebound. He scrambles to go get it. Uh, doesn't get back to the crease in time. And Phil Veroni actually is the one that has to step into the crease and make a save and, and keep Hartford from scoring on them and going up three to nothing on them. So Phil Veroni does that. And Riley Barber scores the only goal in the game. And both of them are rewarded by, by watching the next game from the stands. Um, I, I, I don't know what kind of message that is, but it's it's not one that I would necessarily respond to. Um, and and the questions then continue. Okay, so so you're now starting Caden Primo every every game. Uh, he's got Joel Bouchard has some quotes out there talking about how oh he's been hearing for years that uh, from from the Canadians organization that that young players need to go down to the AHL and they need to play a lot of minutes and so. Yes, the, the you know the young guys are there. They're gonna they're gonna play. They're gonna play a lot. 
They're going to face all kinds of situations. And then in the next breath, he announces that, oh, by the way, Keith Kincaid, who's been a healthy scratch for the last three games, he's going to start tomorrow night at home against, uh, against Manitoba. That he's been working by himself with Marco Marciano every day for the last week. That we wanted to give him a little bit of a break and just work with the goaltending coach. And, uh, and so he's going to get the start now tomorrow night. Keith Kincaid, Rick, Keith Kincaid has, uh, sorry, Keith Kincaid, I'm really sorry, but your play in Laval has been worse than what you look like in Montreal backing up Carey Price. And this is who you're opting to go with on a five-game losing skid in which uh, a second ago you said you're going to play your young guys. I mean, which is it? Well, um, I th- I think uh... – Joel Bouchard is managing a pressure cookie cooker of his own making. Um, and so Kincaid gets a start, um, you know, b- because he, he's, uh, he's upset. He's, he's, he's uh, expressed his frustrations and mm-hmm. um, they have to kind of keep him happy. You know, uh, Xavier Willette, um, his consolation prize was getting a letter when when he was sent down to uh, Laval after um, uh, saying he wouldn't, you know, he, he had no interest in, in playing with the Rocket. Um, those are the kinds of things that, that a coach who's in trouble has to do. And, and I think we can toss out the reasoning uh, changes from situation to situation, from player to player, and uh, there is no continuous thread. There is no, there is nothing that reveals a, a philosophy or a vision, uh, whether it's you know, with respect to development or, or, or with respect to uh, um, uh, having a winning culture. Or it, it, it's all dependent on the situation, and it changes, and it can, it can be diametrically opposed in the same press conference. Um, so. I, I, I think we can toss out, um, you know, all of the kind of, of explanations. Uh, they're just kind of excuses that, that fit the, the scenario that's being discussed and, and, uh, and are completely disposable afterwards. Um, but I, I think the one thing that you can count on is that, that the Canadians are desperate for good news. The Canadians are desperate mm-hmm. to have Lavelle, um, uh, get a playoff spot so that they can they can spin this. Uh, remember that um, the Canadians are driven not only by hockey decisions but by um, you know communications decisions and and they need they need one badly. Um, it was a surprise to us, a big surprise to me personally when when I heard that one of the main priorities uh the organizational priorities of the Montreal Canadiens and we heard this very early in the season was improving the attendance in in Laval because they were so embarrassed uh they've done that um mm-hmm. it's, you know it's up uh through all of the different uh methods um uh the attendance is up 17% over last year um but that the average attendance in Laval right now is about 6,100. 
which is still 11th in, in the league. Uh, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing to be terribly excited about. Uh, and that's up from 5,500 last year. But the inaugural year was closer to 6,700. So they're still well below uh, mm-hmm. where they were their first year around. And uh, they want to do something to to make sure that that attendance um, is bumped up, is high, and and is able to carry over into next season, especially especially with um, you know coming off the draft in in June and then having the um, uh, AHL All Star Game there next January. Absolutely. Uh, now, in a, in a bit of good news, Lucas Zetemo came back uh, to playing action during the course of the road trip uh, from injury. So very good to have him back in the lineup. The other thing I wanted to touch on briefly, Rick, is, you know, people have been asking over and over again, OK, but how does Kakiyemi look? How does Flurry look? How does Paling look? They want to know, OK, these guys are down in Laval now. Uh, are they looking better? And unfortunately, it's not easy to say, oh, yeah, they look great, because they don't necessarily. Cucking Emmy went on a pretty nice little uh, uh, point-getting streak when he first got sent down. I think he had, um, I would say, six or seven assists in his first four games, but he's been held uh, held off the score sheet hasn't scored a goal and, and hasn't, hasn't assisted on anything um, in the last handful of games of this road trip either. Um, Ryan Paling still, uh, Ryan Paling has a good physical presence, but still not, uh, things aren't necessarily clicking for him there. Um, And Kale Fleury, I have to say, Rick, you and I spoke about, have spoken about this kind of at length, that Kale Fleury does not look like himself uh, since being sent down. Um, I think he looked better in Montreal than he has so far in Laval. And I don't know that, I don't know how that's helping these prospects, the, the environment that they're in right now, that, they're they're losing as much as they are and it doesn't seem that that aspects of their game that need to improve are improving and in some cases I feel like they're going backwards um again we've said before I'm all for young players going down to the AHL to restore confidence and and work on parts of their game but when you're seeing the opposite thing happen I'm a little concerned about that the 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 kinds of things that that Flurry needs to to learn, he he can't learn in the AHL. And if it's a matter of sending him there just to give him a boost in confidence, that's certainly not happening. Because because yes, he, he hasn't looked very good. Uh, the 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 change uh, of of pace in the game is probably uh, more marked for for defensemen. Um, it's, it's really a different game and, and the, the timing adjustments, um, the, the things that he's, he's able to do at the AHL level, he can't do at the NHL level and, and, uh, things like gaps and, and, um, the time he has to move the puck and all of that is, is so different that, that, you know, he's, he's making mistakes now because he has more time and, and, and he's, um, you know, trying to use that uh, to do things that that um, he 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 doesn't need to be doing, and and kind of doing things on his own. I think 
he's he's come back um, with the attitude that you know I'm an NHLer and and I should be dominating and and trying to take things into his own hands and um, that's that's not working. Um, so uh, you know it, it hasn't been positive so far. Uh, hopefully it will be. Or if uh, some of these, uh, it, you know, we've we saw one defenseman traded already today. Uh, Marco mm-hmm. Scandella uh, traded to the Blues. If 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 um, the, the Canadians are sellers and and create these openings, um, it would be um, a, a great opportunity for Kakanyemi um, um, and Fleuring and, and, and Paling and and these players to go back and play at the NHL level when there isn't the kind of pressure. Um, That's right. Because, and, and able to make mistakes and, and learn from them. Um, and uh, let's, let's hope that, that that happens. Although with such a focus on, on Laval uh, making the playoffs, I'm, I, I'm not going to count on it, but that would be best for their development. It would. And and let's just say this right now, Mark Bergevin better know that he needs to be a seller in the next week. Sell, sell, sell. Wasn't thrilled when, when the news came out that he had told the Pittsburgh Penguins that Max Domi wasn't available when they asked about him. Max Domi's available. Sorry, Mark, but Max Domi and everyone else is available. You You listen to all reasonable offers at this point of the game. Um, and so, yeah, we'll we'll see if that affects the AHL lineup at all uh, in the next week. Um, <laughs> Bouchard, Bouchard is one to constantly lament uh, that that um, you know his roster constantly changes. Um, I'm sh- we'll, we'll see how he feels if uh, it looks different again next week because of the trade deadline. Um, this week coming up is crucial for them. As I said, they are in seventh place in the North four points out of a playoff position that's held by that fourth place position is held by Toronto. Uh, and in between there is Syracuse and Binghamton. Um, Binghamton and Toronto play each other Wednesday morning in a, in a school day game. So Binghamton and Toronto one or both of them, depending on if the game goes to overtime are going to add more points on top of their their lead over Laval. So this is a big week for Laval. They are playing three games at home. Two of them, Wednesday and Friday, are against the Manitoba Moose. They could take advantage of that situation. Manitoba is struggling this year. They are in last place in the Central Division. They've only won three of their last ten games. Um, so, so, yes, if there was an opportunity to get some – Good momentum going. They're lucking out with the schedule that they're playing Manitoba at home uh, for the next two games. But then Toronto comes in on Saturday afternoon. So they're right back into that divisional matchup with the team that's currently holding on to that last playoff position. So this is a week that it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit do or die this week. Uh, the, The losing has to stop and it has to stop quickly if they if they are going to climb their way out of the hole that they've dug themselves into. Uh, With that being said, we are going to take one quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the AHL standings and also introduce you to the new American Hockey League president who was just unveiled uh, 
last week. And so you don't want to miss any of that. Great news uh, and some interesting information related to Laval as well. Uh, All of that coming up next on From the Press Box. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a minute. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined, of course, by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And we want to be sure that you are tuned into every a bit of news and analysis and, and opinions and so forth and reporting that we've got to give you all week long. So make sure you go to Twitter and you look for at the AHL report. Make sure you follow that account. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we, we get questions um, in real time all week long as we're providing live game updates or, you know, talking about, Uh, moves and roster transactions and so forth. So we'd love to hear from you as well. Be sure you're following us at the AHL report. Uh, So Rick, I guess uh, first order of business in this segment as we go around the AHL is of course to discuss this week's CCM AHL player of the week. Uh, It's an Eastern conference uh, forward uh, who plays in the Atlantic division. And that is Springfield Thunderbirds forward, Dryden Hunt. Uh, Springfield played two games in Charlotte last week, but Hunt recorded five points in those two games. Um, and uh, the Thunderbirds are, are trying to uh, climb the standings a bit. And so that certainly helped. Um, he had a goal in regulation on Saturday and assisted on the game-winning goal in overtime. And then he scored uh, the very next day against Charlotte. He scored twice in the third period uh, to get a, a victory, uh, to help the Thunderbirds get a victory over the Checkers. So uh, that's Dryden Hunt, who is the CCM AHL Player of the Week. Very deserving. Congratulations to Dryden Hunt. And Dryden Hunt's not unknown to Canadians fans as uh, he he has been um, at uh, at camp um, way back when. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's good to see him. Um, um, and, and and he has uh, he has uh, played in the uh, NHL as well uh, this season. So it's good to see him uh, being so successful at the AHL with Springfield. Absolutely. One other piece of business I did want to want to mention um, regards 
uh, and, and actually affects Laval. We, we've been talking about how uh, Laval has slipped in the standings to seventh overall in the North Division, that Toronto is currently holding on to that fourth place spot, which is the last spot that qualifies for the playoffs, and that Toronto has two games in hand on them. Um, what's interesting is if, if we were having this discussion, say, uh, four days ago, Toronto would only have one game in hand on Laval, and that's because they got a game in hand back thanks to the AHL. Uh, the, the Board of Governors voted late last week. Uh, if you'll remember, there was a, a very um, scary medical um, medical emergency that happened uh, when the Toronto Marlies were in Texas to play the Stars um, and due to due to that medical emergency, um, Toronto was given permission to forfeit the game. Players didn't feel that they could uh, play the game, and so Toronto forfeited that game to the Texas Stars. Well, the Board of Governors voted late last week that they were going to rescind that forfeit by Toronto and in schedule that game uh, to, to be played at some point before the regular season ends. Now, that date hasn't been determined yet, but it did mean that the standings in the AHL were adjusted accordingly. So Toronto then magically got another game in hand back on division rivals like Laval. Um, so bad news for Laval, good news for Toronto. Um, and likely this, I would imagine they revisited this, particularly uh, after what occurred with Jay Bomister last week, um, in which, excuse me, uh, he collapsed at the bench, uh, a, a cardiac event in which he needed to be rushed to the hospital, uh, needed to be revived with a defibrillator uh, right there uh, on the bench. Um, and I imagine that, that with that being such the topic of conversation uh, last week that the Board of Governors and, and perhaps Toronto even petitioned them, we don't know, but but the Board of Governors said, you know what, instead of making Toronto forfeit a game because they had such a, a drastic medical emergency. Um, they should, they should have the opportunity to, to play that game uh, as they should have. So a little interesting uh, twist of fate there, uh, Rick. And, um, and like I said, good news for Toronto, bad news for Laval because Toronto, Toronto gets, gets a loss erased off of, off of their record. And they, they get an opportunity to now potentially win that game. Yeah, it it's um, objectively it was the right decision. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was the right decision. The the, the game was was uh, uh, couldn't have been played because of the medical emergency, um, uh, and uh, it's it, it's right. It's the correct decision to have it. The the I, I was going to say replayed, but it was never played at all. Uh, unlike the other game uh, that you mentioned that was in progress. Uh, this never got underway, so it's it's right to reschedule the game and and have it uh, take place sometime later in the season. Absolutely. Um, should also mention, as you said, there's uh, trades have already started to to heat up, and uh, one that actually happened today. Um, between just want to make mention of this one between the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes uh, exchanging defenseman Joey Keene, sending him to the New York Rangers in exchange for forward Julian Gauthier. Um, and Keene, Keene's a rookie. Um, Hartford's been having a, a pretty 
pretty tremendous season so far. Uh, he's only 20 years old, but he's got eight goals and 22 assists in 49 games played, uh, ranking fourth among AHL rookies in scoring. Um, and he was at the AHL All-Star Classic last month as a rookie. Um, so he now heads, um, excuse me, he now heads to uh, Carolina. And uh, Gautier last year had some record highs, 27 goals, 14 assists, 41 points in 75 games with the Charlotte Checkers. Um, and of course helped the checkers capture that Calder cup championship. Um, and he's, he's done, uh, pretty well, pretty well with Charlotte, uh, a first round pick. And so that's, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty significant trade Rick between, between those two clubs today. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Keen does in his, in his new Southern home. Uh, probably a, a relatively even trade. I, I think, uh, Gauthier wasn't necessarily going anywhere um, with the with the NHL uh, uh, with the the Hurricanes and and uh, uh, his development had kind of plateaued a little bit. Um, a former first round pick, so the the Rangers think that uh, they have room for him. Uh, Keane's going to be a real help for the for the Checkers who um, mm-hmm. are holding on to the um, the the fourth. Uh, playoff position in the Atlantic. Um, so a real boost for him, giving that, uh, you know, he's a former third round pick. And as you said, a bit younger um, and having a great season. So should be a, a, a good injection of talent for the checkers blue line. Absolutely. Uh, and, and as we said, with, with the trade deadline happening next week, uh, expect that there will be a lot of trades that not only have impact for NHL teams, obviously, but that a, a, a trickle down effect of that is that AHL rosters are also going to start changing a lot in the last, in the next week uh, as these trades uh, start to happen. So we will keep you posted on all of those. The big news, however, this week, uh, of course, in terms of league wide news is the announcement of who is going to be the person to fill the very big shoes of Dave Andrews, who is retiring at the end of this year, uh, effective July 1st, uh, stepping down as the president and CEO of the American Hockey League. Uh, And the Board of Governors did announce uh, last week that Scott Housen will become the 10th president since the league's formation back in 1936. Um, Dave Andrews has been... um, president and CEO for 26 years. Uh, He has certainly um, taken the league from its, its from, from when it was fledgling days uh, and has really helped to grow it into the second best hockey league. There is uh, the feeder league for the NHL, the development league for the NHL. Um, And Dave Andrews, we should mention will continue to chair the board of governors uh, after his retirement. So he is staying on in that capacity. He is also staying on in an advisory role uh, to help with the transition for Scott Housen. Uh, Dave Andrews did say, however, that when, when he came on board 26 years ago as president, his predecessor got out of the way uh, and didn't hover a lot. And that Dave Andrews says that he wants to emulate that as well. He just wants to get out of the way uh, and, and let Housen 
do his job and and come bring that breath of fresh air that Dave Andrews says is is time to have injected into the league. So, Rick uh, Scott Halston seems like a uh, seems like a good fit given his background. For sure, he's um, he's been uh, a general manager in the NHL at Columbus. Um, he he's managed um, AHL uh, teams um, with Cape Breton and with Hamilton, and mostly with the Edmonton Oilers uh, organization. And that's where he uh, will leave as VP of Hockey Operations, uh, um, most directly coming into this position. Um, you know, both Dave Andrews, Dave Andrews had a, uh, a connection with Cape Breton and Scott Housen does as well. So there's a, a natural connection there and the two will, will be able to compare notes. And, and as you say, uh, um, um, Dave Andrews will, will be on, will be on for um, three years at least as the, uh, the chair of the board and will be able to uh, pass on, um, you know, some of his, uh, knowledge um, and he has a wonderful legacy leaving, but now uh, with Scott, Scott Housen coming in um, uh, who will have um, new ideas and, and perhaps uh, wanting to solidify some of the things that Dave Andrews uh, has done. Um, the, the AHL is a, is a, is a pretty interesting um, league. I mean, Dave Andrews served for 26 years uh, as as president, um, Jack Butterfield served for 28 years, and and in the whole history, 84 years of the AHL, there's only been nine presidents. So um, this is a role where uh, the league values stability, and 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 um, and certainly Dave Andrews brought that, and and I expect uh, the same from uh, Scott Housen. Absolutely, and I, th- you know, it's Dave Andrews had joked that. Um, was kind of the running gag that every year, uh, you know, the board of governors, it, w- it would be, is Dave retiring this year? And maybe he's going to, and then nope, staying on, let's extend them again. And, and he said that he actually even considered that happening again this year, but finally said, you know what? It's time. Um, I, I've, I've done a lot of good, uh, it has consumed a lot of a big portion of my life, and it's time now to to spend some time with my wife and my kids, and um, and it's time. And that he also acknowledges that it's time for um, perhaps you know a younger perspective to to as I said previously, bring kind of a bring some breathe some new life into the league and uh, help it to continue moving forward. He's done. Uh, Dave Andrews has done some great things in the last couple of years in helping the league to move forward into into the modern technological age, um, and and I imagine that Housen will will pick those reins up and keep that happening, um, and particularly Housen talks about you know being the positions that he's held with NHL teams over the last handful of years means that he's got very good connections with NHL executives Gary Bettman. Uh, so on and so forth. And so it's, it's going to be, those are important relationships uh, for him now that he's taking over to lead the league um, as, as they continue to, to 
build that cooperation between the NHL and the AHL and, and keep moving and progressing the league forward. So I think it's, I think it's a great choice. I will be um, eager to see what kinds of objectives he dives into first in his first tenure, in his first season um, next year. Um, Dave Andrews will certainly be missed, uh, but, uh, but will be very interesting to see how things, how things begin with the new president come July 1st. It's uh, you mentioned um, him being connected. He's very well connected uh, mm-hmm. and yet not necessarily a household name. Um, it's, it's not a, a name that, that uh, people know Scott house and that is, but, but that's the same as Dave Andrews. Dave Andrews has never been one to put his, his uh, name or, or, or himself first, uh, which, which, um, I I think most people would say uh, differs greatly from from the NHL commissioner, uh, and in that way, I think Dave Andrews has brought a lot of uh, respect to the role. And it's you know it's 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 uh, each of these these franchises uh, have different um, different ways of approaching. Um, we talked about teams that want to build. Um, by development, we've talked about some AHL teams that want to win all the time. Uh, we 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 know that there are um, members of of the board who want to move um, into expansion. There's those that want mm-hmm. um, uh, teams to play the same number of games. There's all kinds of push pushes and pulls, uh, and and coming at it from very different perspectives. And the the president of the AHL has to manage that. And it takes a certain temperament to do that. Uh, Dave Andrews had that, and by all reports, uh, Scott, uh, Scott Housen is is similar in that respect. So we we absolutely wish him well, and look forward to working with him. Absolutely. Um, with that, we will go. We'll take a, we'll take a quick break here. We'll, on the other side, we'll go beyond the AHL. We have a little bit of uh, news that just hit in the last uh, 24 hours or so regarding a former Habs prospect, a new location for, for this player. So we'll give you an update on that and we'll let you know what you can expect from our coverage this week. We're always, we're, we're always busy. So we've got lots to, uh, lots to tell you about. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, 
and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back once again to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, and I'm here with my co-host, Rick Stevens. Again, I want to remind you to go over to Twitter and Look us up at the AHL Report. Make sure you're following us. Make sure you're following at Rocket Sports as well. Um, And in fact, when it comes to our podcast, you can even follow us at, now this is a long one, Rick, and I want to make sure that I get this right, RSM, at RSM Sports Radio. Uh, So lots of places for you to find us. Of course, you can always follow Rick at all habs and uh, my twitter handle is at flyers rule um we're happy to speak with you all week long we love hearing from our fans feedback questions comments just overall excitement or dismay whatever happens to be going on with with your favorite team uh, at that particular moment so be sure you're following us and we would love to hear from you and if you are following us already you will know this tidbit of information that uh, we did put out yesterday. Uh, Former Habs goaltending prospect Zach Fucali spent uh, a few years of course uh, playing for the St. John's Ice Caps um, and we in fact spoke with him. uh, We had an exclusive interview with him over the summer um, when he was signed uh, to the Syracuse Crunch um, with a contract there this year, unfortunately has only played in one game with the crunch. He has spent most of the season down in the ECHL with the Orlando solar bears um, and has only made it into about 24 games uh, as the starter for the solar bears. And so um, the news there is that Syracuse agreed to terminate his AHL contract. And in fact, uh, Zach has signed a deal with, three-time German championship team Red Bull, uh, Red Bull Munich. Uh, they play uh, in the, the elite top league in Germany. Um, and uh, as far as we know, uh, Fukali has already landed in Berlin, uh, or excuse me, in Munich, and uh, will be there. Uh, as, as his new coach, Don Jackson, says in their press release, quote, Zach is a very successful player for his relatively young age. He comes from the organization of the NHL's Tampa Bay Lightning and will give us the strength and depth in the important goalkeeper position that we need for the end of the season and especially for the upcoming playoffs. Uh, so it looks like they're, they're looking to make uh, – they're in a playoff hunt, of course, uh, Red Bull Munich, and uh, have added Zach Vukali as one of their depth goaltenders. So congratulations to Zach. Uh, hope he has a, a really positive end to this 2019-20 season with his first taste of hockey over in Europe. Uh, and perhaps we'll see him back here in North America soon. And and uh, it should be mentioned that he is only 24 years old. That's um, true. Taken in the second round of 2013, and and of course he's familiar with the terrain. Uh, he's been the uh, goalie of choice uh, in the Spangler Cup for Team Canada the last three years, and has been excellent. Uh, absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, his numbers uh, during that tournament are um, a 986 save percentage this past uh, this past tournament. Uh, for mm. Team Canada, so 
um, has been very good for the uh, Orlando Solar Bears this year in the ECHL and, and uh, um, a good step for him uh, in order to uh, uh, play more and, and, uh, uh, and to be successful. And we wish him luck. Absolutely, we do. So good luck to Zach Focali, and uh, we'll keep an eye on how things go for him over there in Germany. Uh, This week, of course, we will have plenty of AHL coverage for you. As we said, the playoffs are heating up, uh, and everyone is jostling for those much-coveted playoff positions. Uh, We will have coverage of all three of Laval's home games at Place Bell this week. Our own Chris G., of course, will be uh, there in the press box and post-game in the locker room. Uh, for interviews and so forth so he'll be he'll be there to get some audio for us on Wednesday night when they host the Manitoba Moose uh, and I'll have the the live tweeting and game recap for that and then Chris will of course be there Friday night and Saturday afternoon as well uh, also to bring you coverage of uh, the games against Manitoba and Toronto on Saturday afternoon Uh, For the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, they are playing three games on the road this week, which uh, they have also this season really struggled on the road. We'll see if they can get uh, some wins strung together here. They're about 10 or so points out of a playoff position, so they're they're trying to make it happen. Not sure that it will, but they'll have their opportunity tomorrow night in Bridgeport, Friday night in Rochester, and Saturday night in Syracuse. So uh, we've got full coverage of all of those things coming. Uh, As we said earlier, be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL report so that you get all of the latest updates, all of the live game tweets and and recaps and so forth uh, so that you get, you know, it's, it's not, if you are particularly for the Laval rocket, if you are a fan of the Laval rocket uh, and you do not speak French, it is very difficult to find uh, coverage, particularly, um, interviews uh, with the coach and with players and so forth uh, in, in English. And so this is, this is really the place that, that uh, English speaking fans rely on to get their news and coverage of the Laval Rockets. So um, be sure to, to spread the word amongst your friends and family who are Laval Rocket and Montreal Canadiens fans to, to follow along with us. So with, and with all that being said, Rick, if folks want to go back and listen to perhaps they missed an episode of from the press box or, or maybe there was an episode that they thought was so good that they want to listen to it again. Uh, Or maybe they want to listen to the fabulous uh, Canadians connection podcast that you and Joseph Whalen host live every Saturday afternoon. Where is it that people can go and get all of their rocket sports media podcast needs addressed in one place? We have several websites uh, for, um, for the Montreal Canadians go to allhabs.net. It's easy. Allhabs.net. If, um, if you're a fan of the AHL and prospects, you go to ahl.report. Um, but if you're just interested in the podcast, it's rocketsportsradio.com. Rocketsportsradio.com. You'll find all of the complete catalog. But say you want to, uh, you're on the move and you want to um, um, listen to us on your favorite podcast app, uh, then just search for Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Radio on any of the, the popular um uh, podcast apps. You'll find Canadians connection with Joe and myself. You'll find this podcast, uh, all of these podcasts put together with credential hockey journalists. So, uh, we bring you that you can trust. Uh, so search for rocket sports radio, 
subscribe, and you'll get all of our podcasts uh, delivered to you. And, you know, while you're there, while you subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite podcast platform is, in addition to subscribe, can you just, we ask that you just take a second and be sure that you rate and review the podcast as well. That helps make our podcasts a little more noticeable to, to the other listeners uh, on that platform because we want to share our message and our research and our reporting with as many hockey fans as we possibly can. So subscribe, uh, make sure you sign up for notifications when we have uh, new podcasts available and then just rate and review. It takes just a second and we would be ever so grateful and we will continue to be ever so grateful that you join us here every Tuesday for from the press box. Rick, this was a great uh, episode this week. I know though you're literally chomping at the bit to get to cherry pie day on Thursday. So I hope you have a delicious day on Thursday for cherry pie day. I expect to have a great day on Thursday. I expect the Laval <laughs> Rocket to have great days on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm I'm truly expecting three wins at home uh, and them to get back into the uh, uh, playoff picture here. Absolutely. Will that happen? You will find out by following along here at the AHL Report. And we'll be back here next week to tell you all about it and how it goes. So thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of this week. Enjoy some cherry pie on Thursday while you're at it. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams.